Hi, I'm Paul Stringfellow and welcome to another edition of Tech Interviews. On this week's show, we're delving into one of my favourite topics again, and that's the world of data. Um, and this week's guest is, uh, I came across via a report that was sent to me uh, that's just discussed the idea of ignoring AI and ML. So clearly that caught my attention because um, a lot of the conversations I have day to day with people is about how AI and ML are going to change their business and change the way they they make decisions in the future. So, um, so a report suggesting we need to ignore that obviously caught my attention. So um, so what best way to discuss that than to talk to the person from the company that authored it? Uh, so this week, I'm joined by um, my guest, Rick Hall. Hi, Rick. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm great and really appreciate you having me today. No, real pleasure. And uh, th- thanks for spending some time uh, time with us today on Tech Interviews. Um, we'll get uh, we'll kind of delve into the report and, and a little bit about why we're talking about AI and ML um, and, and forgetting it, because ultimately we don't really mean forget it, but I think it's more about making sure that we've got the right kind of processes in place before we start heading off down down that route. So, uh, but we'll get to that in a moment. Um, but as we always do here on Tech Interviews, uh, before we do that, why don't we find out a little bit about who you are and what it is you do? Yeah, sure. So, so thanks for having me again. So, I'm the CEO of Agenity, uh, and we're an early stage company. You know, kind of in this space of analytics and and data. And so, it's going to be a fun conversation. And I've been in the this space for like almost thirty years, and I kind of stumbled into it from a uh, initial college degree and kind of a business orientation interested in data and technology and got hooked up with a consultancy, uh, started building databases, found out the databases we were building were mostly for decision support. And that kind of led me uh, on this journey to uh, uh, get deeper and deeper into that space and start a couple companies and see them go to, uh, you know, successful uh, exits and, uh, ultimately being a CTO for a big retail services company and kind of feeling like I really wanted to get back to innovation. Uh, and that brought me back to, uh, you know, start a new company and back to uh, Agenity, which is where I am today. Well, you know, as you said, Rick, I think we, we, you know, we're going to have a fun conversation. We, we spoke a little bit before we started recording um, around this kind of area of AI and ML. And, and as I said in my introduction, I think a lot of people I talk to see AI and ML potentially as some kind of magic bullet. You know, it's a it's just a magic button that they press, they point data at some kind of magic AI, and all of a sudden it gives them um, ingenious insights into, into their business. Um, and I think the reality is and people are starting to realize that that's not necessarily the way all of this works. And I think that's kind of the background to, to the report that, that had caught my attention. Um, but maybe before we delve into that, do you, do you want to talk a little bit about kind of how you guys currently see the world of AI and ML and, and how enterprises are starting to use it and maybe some of the challenges that you see with, with kind of current use of those kind of technologies? Yeah, sure. So, uh, so, I mean, obviously, and I think you framed it right, we're not saying abandon AI or ML, but that there's a much bigger world of analytics, right? So, uh, you know, we believe that analytics can transform so much of uh, what companies do, or organizations do. Uh, and so it's an exciting time. And sometimes uh, those analytics are just serving up better business intelligence to individuals. And sometimes they are AI, right? But underlying all of that is this process of what data do I need? Where does it come from? How do I get it? Is it clean? 
does it tie to other data that I need to answer the question? And do I have this kind of base level of calculations and kind of, you know, sometimes I call that the engine room of analytics, right? And it's the dirty work. And to be honest with you, it's oftentimes 80% of what you need to do before you ever do analytics, right? So we're not really saying don't do AI. We're saying you need to focus on this engine room and get that data acquisition, cleansing, integration, calculation right uh, before you can really put AI on the end, right? You know, you talk to an AI person uh, and they get really excited about their models and that's great, but they kind of start with, and first you get the data. And that little phrase, uh, you know, is a tremendous uh, area of work and complexity. And that's, that's where we live. Yeah, and I think that's a I think that's a great example of I mean it's not just a technology problem, is it? That's kind of a, a global problem of we say these kind of little trite phrases about just get the data, but actually the work that goes on behind that is is huge. Um, I, you know, and well, one I mean one of the things that I took from the report was that you talk in there about the amount of enterprises who see huge inconsistencies in their use of AI and ML. And I suppose you kind of, you know, you, you probably more than hinted at it, I think, in the um, in that introduction that you've just done. Um, but, you know, did, did you want to set some context around some of the challenges that you see right now where, where organizations perhaps have assumed that AI is just going to solve a whole bunch of problems for them? And actually it doesn't. You know, what, what's behind some of those challenges? What, what, what's, what's the problem that some of those companies are coming up against? Yeah. So, uh, so let's, let's face it, right. You know, analytics can improve just about everything. Right. And, you know, kind of the way we think of it, we're kind of in this, what I might call the third phase of analytics. Right. So, you know, you might say early computing, uh, was, you know, kind of led to the emergence of what I would call kind of the corporate data warehousing phase that maybe started in the nineties, uh, and ran all the way up until fairly recently, and now we're in this third phase, which I think of as, you know, kind of collaborative analytics or analytics everywhere. Uh, and the challenges that companies have had in that transition is that these big corporate data warehouse efforts, right, they took a long time. Uh, they're very expensive. You had to know what you're trying to solve up front because you had to buy a capacity associated with that, right? You oftentimes did the work in the process of loading the data. And the work itself was done by engineers who went and talked to business people. And the business people had to explain what they needed to the engineers. And the engineers went off and did it, right? That's the way that the world operated. And that led to all kinds of challenges. Well, if businesses change quickly, so if it takes a long time, keeping up is a problem. Uh, the second thing is, it, you know, it, no, due to no fault of their own, business people don't always know exactly what they're trying to do when they start, right? So they can't necessarily specify exactly what the end result is to the engineers. So you end up in this kind of loop where, you know, business person says to engineer, I need this. The engineer goes and does it. The business person says, looks at it and says, well, that's not what I want. I need something different. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it becomes a cycle. And the engineer says, well, I did exactly what you told me to do. Uh, and, uh, you know, if it's not good enough, it's your fault. Um, and it cycles on, right? Um, and, and look, I mean, 
these big centralized corporate data warehouse kind of initiatives have delivered a tremendous amount of value, right? Made my career for much of my career, right? Uh, but, uh, you know, what we're at is a point now where companies are realizing that A, things are changing really quickly. B, I need to get analytics all across my organization, not just in my, you know, kind of uh, supply chain, right? Or some, you know, kind of big corporate, you know, area. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm having a hard time doing it. And that is intersected with a whole new range of technology really centered in the cloud, which has made it possible. And so, you know, our tooling and what we do and what we think is that we've got to solve for this transition from the big centralized efforts to this distributed democratized, you know, world that uh, needs to empower people in the business. Uh, and those people need to go through the whole same kind of complex life cycles. I got to figure out what data I need. I got to acquire that data. I got to make sure the data is clean. I probably have to tie that data to other data. Then I have to do some basic, you know, kind of calculations. And then I can put it into a system that I can do analytics, right? So that journey, uh, we're trying to make it easy and we're trying to make it empower people on the other end, the business users, to do it more themselves. And well, I mean, there's a, I mean, there's a lot to unpack in what you covered there, Rick. And and I think, um, you know, but but that's all good because you you can kind of you you can see all of the challenges of that traditional approach that, you know, that kind of big centralized data warehouse approach, because, you know, you touched uh, at the end there, the idea of around analytics and people wanting to use AI, ML, or, you know, however we define these kind of gray areas between the two is that the whole point is to allow businesses to be more agile, to make quicker decisions, to make better data-driven decisions. But of course, the process you were describing in the beginning was one that was the complete opposite. You know, there's a big architectural discussion. We're giving engineers a bunch of instructions when we don't necessarily know exactly the answers that we're trying to find. And you can see how that whole process is, you know, that whole process begins to fail, you know. And it's, I mean, is that is that still what you're seeing in the majority of cases or, or are we starting to see a, a gradual shift now? No, I think we are seeing a shift. Um, I don't think that the world has really necessarily talked about it effectively. So, you know, kind of in the data warehousing world where I did a lot of my career, there was a very defined approach. I mean, you know, it, it worked or it didn't work, but you knew you how to build your data warehouse. Uh, you know, you, you had a very specific methodology. You know, you're going to follow Kimball or you're going to follow, uh, you know, Inman or, you know, it's going to tell you what to do. Right. And you're going to do these things. Uh, and. Now we're in this world that nobody has really necessarily described it, other than to say that, well, we used to transform the data before we loaded it into this model, which was, let's say it's a Ralph Kimball style model. So we know what we want to do. We're going to define that model. We're going to transform the data and then we're going to go. And now we're saying, well, don't transform it before you load it, just load it. And then you're going to transform it when you need it. And uh, that you know, kind of has opened up a whole new world. Um, and yes, I think that, you know, really leading companies have figured it out. Uh, I think a lot of companies are struggling with, I talk to uh, chief data, chief analytics officers, you know, all the time. Uh, and, you know, they're somewhere on this journey of empowerment. 
So yeah, Rick. So so that, that that's really interesting, and you know, and I, and I think you know, it's great. It's great to see that people are starting to shift and people are starting to change. Um, so you know, if if I'm listening to this and I'm looking at stepping into the world of AI or or ML or, or data analytics, and I'm currently seeing some challenges. You now, what what are some of the things that we we should be looking at changing? You now, what what are some of the things in in terms of approach, um, in, in terms of a way of tooling and technology technology shifts? What are some of the things we should be thinking about? So, so the first thing, I mean, there's a bunch of pieces, right? So one is you need to decide on what your data platform is. And I think increasingly the right thing to do is probably look at these cloud technologies, you know, like a Snowflake or Amazon Redshift or Microsoft Synapse. There's a, a number of them out there. And what these platforms really allow for is they scale to really large databases um, or really small, and they're very elastic. So the amount of computing you need, you don't have to define up front. And I think the fact that you don't have to know exactly what you need before you start is a huge advantage of these new platforms. So I think you kind of need to be in that space. The second thing is, I think most organizations, not all, but many have talented analytics teams but they can't possibly solve all the problems that their organization has, right? So uh, I think what you know you need to do is turn your analytics team into a force multiplier as opposed to you know, the answer to everything. And so you know, I think that there's this problem of how do I empower the business people who are trying to actually answer the questions to do much of the work themselves and use my analytics team to empower them and help them. And I think that, you know, it's kind of this combination of this new way of working and the utilization of these really powerful platforms uh, that can scale with your problem as your problem changes. Those two things together are, you know, really central to what uh, I think leading companies are, are doing. Yeah, and I think you make a you make a really good point about and this. is something I, I I talk out regularly with with enterprises is that idea of putting the technology in the hands of the people who are looking for the answers. You know, you, you described earlier on that kind of traditional approach of the, there's a whole bunch of layers of techno, you know, a, a bunch of layers of process of people of technology of of complexity before we get some kind of answer to a question that we're we're not quite sure how we frame it just yet. Where actually, if we can take the technology and uh, you know, and, and democratize it almost by putting it in the hands of people who can make decisions. That's going to give us that kind of ability to be much more agile, be much more quicker, much more nimble in in the way we approach this. I, I may, and that just leads on to another question for me. Did you think um, it's not just kind of a technology and process shift? Is there also a, an element of mind shift as well? You know, the, the way that we think about data and information is is that is that a key part of this as well? Yeah, it, it's a huge part of it, right? Because uh, uh, you know, if if you know, we grew up in this world where, as engineers, we knew what we needed to do, and we just you, you you tell me in the business, and I'll go do it, and I'll come back to you with the answer, right? So, uh, you know, kind of uh, if engineers are a little bit introverted, uh, that worked great, right? But unfortunately, uh, we didn't always give the people what they needed, not to their fault or our fault. Um, and now we need to empower them. So now we need engineers who not only have this really deep kind of critical technical thinking, but we need this communication 
and collaboration with these business people so that we can empower them to do things. And that's a big change in organizational dynamics, right? Um, and uh, it's really, you know, kind of, uh, you know, organizations are going through it. Uh, some really advanced companies have really kind of got it down, but uh, it's uh, it's a big, you know, different world. I, I was talking recently to the chief uh, data officer for a big uh, healthcare company. He says, look, I got a thousand people in my analytics team. And people think that's a big team. That's a, that is a big team, right? He says, but there are 40,000 people in our business who are trying to do analytics. You know, uh, and uh, I can't possibly service them all, right? So I got to figure out a way to, uh, you know, to empower them uh, and leverage my thousand people. And I think that is where, uh, you know, companies are, are struggling to go to today. Yeah, I mean, you used a phrase before about kind of make your um, analytics team a force multiplier. So, you know, and I think that sounds like a good example of that, where you've got lots of people in your organization who have questions they want answers to and believe that analytics and data will help them to do that. We don't necessarily have a way of, of doing that. So, so I mean, is it is, is a tip there to say that take those rather than have those analytics teams just focused on, you know, head down, focused on doing analytics type stuff? but actually to get them to raise their heads occasionally. And like you said before, actually go out and kind of reach out to people in the organization and what kind of a, an approach of how can I help as opposed to how can I get my head down and just hit the keyboard really hard? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, it, it requires, you know, kind of a new approach to training our engineers, right? Because that wasn't how they were trained to work, right? Uh, and, uh, uh, and tooling to do it. Right. Because, you know, you know, if you're going to give them tools and let them do stuff, then how do my engineers help them and how do they do their work? Uh, that's that's all different. So, well, well let's um, let, let's move on a little bit and talk about agility and, and kind of what you guys do, because obviously, you know, you, there's some really good tips there for organizations who are moving into this space or have maybe already made some of those shifts. I think you've, you've already given them kind of plenty of things to think about in terms of changing attitude, changing process, maybe looking at new tooling. So, you know, how are from, from your point of view as a company, you know, what, what are some of the things that you're doing? How are you helping your customers on this this kind of journey to a to a you know, to providing better data sets to getting better outcomes from AI and ML. Yeah, sure. So, so we think of ourselves as in the space of what we call collaborative analytics, right? And collaborative analytics for us is about the empowerment of business. I'll just call them business analysts uh, in in collaboration with you know kind of engineers, right? So, what we provide is we provide a tool set. There's a free version of it. Uh, there's also a very inexpensive version of Agenity Pro. You can go to our site and download it. Uh, it's a tool that sits on top of these big data platforms that I talked about, like Snowflake and Redshift and uh, Microsoft Synapse and Hive, et cetera. Um, and it allows uh, either an engineer or a business analyst to ingest their own data, data they didn't necessarily know about, to build you know, calculations using simple SQL scripts uh, and to provision that into uh, analysis, right? And we're really about this journey of acquire, ingest, cleanse, integrate, calculate, and then analyze and making that tooling 
available so that a business person can use it who is not deeply technical, right? So a combination of, look, the engineer might want to go write the SQL, complex SQL themselves, fine. That's what the data platforms speak. They all speak SQL, uh, sometimes little versions of it, but that's what they speak. But the business analyst might know a little bit of SQL, but uh, actually knows a lot about their business problems. So we're, you know, working on making it easier and easier with wizards, you know, so you can write a SQL script to ingest data uh, and your engineer might do that. But we can also give you a wizard uh, that lets you ingest data, right? You can uh, build a visualization in a complicated, you know, tool uh, or we can give you uh, a simple, you know, wizard to do it. So uh, at the end of the day, the underlying capability is SQL, uh, but we're really making that SQL available to the, let's call them the semi-technical and ultimately the non-technical. But today, if I'm honest with it, it's the semi-technical power user who sits in the business who probably has a business degree, a marketing degree, uh, you know, kind of, uh, but just has an affinity for data and analysis but isn't a trained engineer. Uh, and there's probably 40 of them for every engineer you got. And we want to get those two working together. And that's kind of what our tooling is designed to do. Yeah, and I think what sounds really important in that as well is, is it allows that shift from, it allows this kind of data analytics project, if you like, to shift from a what sounds like an engineering project, you know, kind of an IT engineering project into one that can actually be a business outcome focused project. You know, is, is that kind of the goal of what, what you guys are trying to achieve? Yeah. I mean, well, certainly that's, you know, the essence of analytics is, is the outcomes, right? And uh, we think that if we can get the engineers and the analysts working together, that we'll get there faster and much more iteratively and fluid. And, you know, sometimes I think it's, uh, you know, we came at this with an engineering mindset, uh, and we've been using that word, and that's kind of means we specify something up front and go through a very structured process. And we're now in kind of like what I think of as almost as it's a biology mindset, right? Uh, these things need to iterate and evolve, and the strongest analytics will survive and prosper. And you know, kind of we don't know up front which uh, you know which ones are going to uh, win, right? And so uh, you know, I think that's a really kind of different approach. I think it works much faster. It's much more fluid. Uh, and our tooling is designed to kind of support that, uh, that paradigm, but it's collaboration uh, between engineers and analysts. It's talking to and utilizing these advanced data platforms. Uh, and in our business model is, you know, it's, we, it's kind of a freemium model. Look, go to the website, download Genity Pro, try it out. If you're a business analyst, you got data that's sitting in Snowflake, you want to get to it, Hey, Engineering Pro will do that for you, right? Um, and then, you know, kind of expand, right? So we're trying to kind of, you know, use that same approach where you seed this stuff out there, make it easy to get to, uh, you know, to, to the world um, and move from this kind of engineering centralized mindset to this uh, evolutionary approach. Yeah, you know, and that's and that's actually a really smart approach, I think. You know, and we're seeing this increasingly across the technology industry about if we can get the tools in the hands of the right people. You know, so from and I'm purely an outsider looking into to somebody like you guys, that 
you know, that seems a smart business model. Let me get my tool out there for lots of people. And, and ultimately, they will start to adopt that and drive that adoption into their business. And then I've got a successful business. But everybody wins, I think, in, in that kind of uh, scenario, don't they? Everybody wins with the idea of I'm getting a tool that helps me in my business. You're getting a customer and eventually you're driving revenue, et cetera. But, um, but we're not here to talk about your business model. That, that's a conversation for yeah. another day. Um, yeah. So look, just as we kind of get to the end of our um, our time here, Rick, there's always a couple of questions I, I like to ask people. And one of those is we have touched on this a little bit. But, um, you know, so if, if I'm listening to this and I'm considering that, yeah, I'd like to, you know, democratize a way with, that we analyze our data internally. And actually, I've really liked the sound of what Rick's had to say. And I'd like to go and try out the agility stuff. Um, what's what, what would be what would there be a couple of tips that you would give to somebody in that kind of position right now, thinking of maybe starting a, down the data analytics route? Is there, is there a couple of tips that you could give them that would make that a, a more successful successful yeah. trial for them? Yeah, sure. So uh, you know, kind of back to the starting point. I think you need to be thinking about how you have an elastic platform, right? So uh, because you know. You need to make a decision that's different than what you did in IT before, which is you need to plat to buy a platform that you don't necessarily know all the problems you're going to solve in advance, um, and you need to make that widely available. Uh, and then you need to be identifying the people in the business, the you know who have this affinity for data and analytics, right? And they're they're there, right? They're they got 22 Excel spreadsheets that are tied together in some complex logic. They exist in your organization, I can almost guarantee it, right? Oh, don't we know it? <laughs> yes. Uh, and, you know, in, you know, in the, the old engineering world, we kind of disliked those people because we thought they were mucking with our stuff. And I'm saying, go embrace them, you know, put your arms around them, say, we love you and we're going to give you tooling that lets you do even more of that stuff that you were doing. Uh, and we're going to actually help you do it. So, you know, that's the, that's kind of, a, you know, you need a platform that lets you do that because you don't know their answer. Then you need to unleash them on that platform, right? And, uh, and the, you know, of course, you need tooling that does that. Um, and then you need to kind of take your engineering team and say, okay, guys or gals team, uh, maybe uh, we did all this work ourselves before. Now we're going to do it in collaboration with these power people in the business. And so you kind of, I would say, you know, kind of A, you need a platform. B, you need to figure out where are these power users? You need to embrace them. And C, you need to kind of get your engineering culture to embrace those people and collaborate with them and help them. Uh, and that, those are, you know, kind of three things. And then you need a tool to do that. But um, I would say that you need a platform, you need to embrace the business users and you need to drive collaboration. Those are kind of the three fundamental elements. So one thing that actually you didn't say in there that that, that intrigued me, um, and, and I'm, I just kind of just, just pick up on this this one last point. So one of the things that we we talk about, I hear talked about a lot when it's when we look at analytics, is the idea that people need to know the questions that they need to ask. And maybe even almost have an idea of the answers they're trying to find, but but I think when we as, as we've discussed through this, and I think what's really interesting and refreshing is actually that idea that maybe you don't need to know that particularly, you know, a rough idea of course, but actually knowing a, you, you, there's a good chance you probably won't exactly know the questions. You know, is that is that a fair assumption? 
Yeah, it, it really is, right? You know, and, and it's it's not wasn't any fault of the previous world of engineering that we expected people to know that before they came to us, because we had to buy a capacity, we had to buy a big computer. How big? Right? We had to get the database technology. What database? Right. And we had to define these things and buy them and you know, oftentimes spend years worth of capital to do so, right? Well, now you can get these data platforms with your credit card right? You can just sign up and start using them tomorrow, right? And it won't cost you very much initially, right? Now, as your problems get bigger and bigger, it's going to cost you more. Yes. But the elasticity of these architectures allow us to empower people in the business to go after problems that they don't necessarily know what the answer is, or even what they're looking for, before they start. And I think that, you know, that's, that's why I use the biology analogy, right? You know, you just don't know, uh, you know, what uh, mutation is going to survive and prosper when you start. Well, Rick, you know, we're, we're coming to the end of our recording time here and, you know, and, and thanks for your time on the show today. Um, so if people have been uh, and taken as much out of this conversation as I know I certainly have, um, I mean, what's a good way they can find out more about Agility and, you know, maybe if they want to kind of hook up with you or have got questions, is a way they can do that as well? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, Agility.com is our, is our website, you know, kind of as I mentioned, look, our tool has a free version. Just go to Agility. If you, you're trying to get at data, you have a data platform or you're getting there download it. It's, it's simple, free, easy to use, right? If you like it, you know, sign up for the paid version. We hope you'll do that. You know, tell us what you think. And then we have a premium version, which kind of goes from there, right? So it's easy to do. Uh, you know, we're trying to kind of follow that kind of biology model ourselves. Like, we'll just seed it out there, go get it. I'm on LinkedIn. That's the easiest way to get to me. Uh, I'm always uh, happy to talk to people uh, about these kind of problems and even about, you know, kind of their journey and, you know, entrepreneurship and analytics. Cause I had a lot of people help me along the way. And I feel like, uh, if I can be of value to you, just, you know, reach out. Well, Rick, I, I shall make sure all that goes in the show notes. And then, um, well, I just let you say, I, I mean, I really enjoyed the conversation. I think it's, a, it, it's a absolutely a fascinating area. And I think for a lot of enterprises, we're only today starting to start to figure out the kind of routes that we need to go to, to kind of get the best out, you know, make those shifts to become more data driven in the way that we we, we find, make business decisions and we, we drive business outcomes. So um, but I think it's been some fantastic insight there, Rick. We really appreciate your time. And uh, so, so for now, Rick, thanks for being on Tech Interviews and look forward to having you on again as a guest sometime in the future. Yeah, great. And I really appreciate you having me. I hope you enjoyed that. For show notes, pop over to techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous Tech Interviews episodes. If you've got an idea for a show or'd like to appear as a guest, then why not email me at podcast at techstringy.com. And to make sure you catch the next episode of Tech Interviews, then why not subscribe? You can subscribe in all good homes of podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify. And of course, over on YouTube for the video version of the show. So until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>